So if if it hasn't come up in your games, because even now, like uh, Room Terra has kind of stuck more towards a traditional kind of gameplay style yeah. of you know board control, face damage, uh, unless you're swim. Which that <laughs> the last month he's been doing nothing but degeneracy. Um, <laughs> but that, that's a different that's a different story. Welcome to Casuals of Terra, episode twenty-seven. I'm your host Ryan here with your other host Hetch. What is going on? It's kind of a spooky episode, I guess. I, I'm not really, I, I'm not really sure. It's November. It's almost December. So. <laughs> the, the subject material is spooky, but you know, instead of really getting into it, just get your, you know, uh, loosen your belts and get ready to cram way too much food. <laughs> exactly. Um, on one end, this episode we have a. Uh, something spoopy, you know, since we're on the other side of October, but on the other end, he's a tree. So, you know, we're meeting both criteria for Christmas and Halloween since we're right in the middle. What would happen if the Rockefeller Christmas tree ruined the entire New York parade? (laughs) Housekeeping. So as always up top, you guys can listen to us everywhere. Follow us on Twitter to keep up to date on episodes. That's at podcast core. That's C O R. And you can send an email to the same name at gmail.com, leave a like, follow, short review or comment, and tell a friend to maintain a state of pure harmony by listening to the Casuals of Runeterra that podcast. Was, that was pretty poetic, like almost poetic enough to take away how cheesy it is, <laughs> Ryan. So, so state of the game. Uh, what have we been playing? I'll tell you what I haven't been playing this damn game because Shadowlands <laughs> is coming out and I've been in full World of Warcraft mode. So I ain't got time <laughs> you for no, no Legends of Runeterra right now. Uh, so, Hetch, what are you playing? <laughs> you absolute monster. Uh, so I, I've, I've actually like found myself a horrible brew that I've really been enjoying, which is... Mm-hmm. Um, a Demacia Targon list where with Shivana and Soraka. Yeah, you shared um, this with me. Yeah, it's and it's been a lot of fun. Uh, so instead of like going all in on Soraka with the uh, Spring of Life, or going all in on just dragons with the newly buffed Shivana, it's the two of them working together, and then you have cards like Strafing Strife, whether created by Shivana or just running it, yeah. that actually synergizes with Soraka's healing. And then you have the, like, since dragons are already beefy, they usually survive long enough to heal. Like, they like you're, they kind of work together. It's been a lot of fun. I've saw, found more success than I ever thought I would. So yeah. I, I'll, I'll get that list out to everybody because if you want to try it, it's something a little different and you won't yeah. get absolutely bodied which yeah it sounds, which it feels, sounds exciting that feels pretty good <laughs> so, so let's go ahead and hop into the main topic we kind of gave it away up top as we usually do because we're terrible spies but deadwood is the name of this episode hey, this is why it's not an among us podcast exactly. <laughs> like we reveal what we're up to right from the get-go <laughs> so what's the first spell we got here all right, so the as far as with the spell, you know, just go ahead and go with the obvious one, Sap Magic. 
right? So that's a sick name too. It's like Sap Magic sounds like either a bad SoundCloud rapper name or a good song name. <laughs> I mean, Sap Magic sounds like something that like that would be like draining the life out of someone like it sounds terrible yeah. once we get into the card it's just completely backwards for Rutera. <laughs> like i just i love like the theme of the card uh so this is a three mana burst speed spell um and at burst speed it's toss three which is um we haven't talked about the toss mechanic in a long time on the show so that's where you obliterate the bottom three cards of your deck or mm-hmm. like tossing is from the bottom of your deck and they're just gone and um, they're non-champion cards yes non-champion cards and then the other effect on this one is heal all allies for three which um we now know that like when it's a card says all allies this also includes the nexus so this is also healing from your face um so the card is like pretty cool it's not really flexible because it only has like one effect really which is healing yeah um and this is going to be like the unique spell that comes off of the malachi card but the other nice thing with it since it does toss like it does have a place that it can play because it can be played in deep decks but this is a card that i i only ever see if a malachi sticks to the board to be honest i wonder if, they, if it can have a home. And there's some great deep lore here. So we won't go into three mana burst spells because, you know, that's that's a thing that I try to. <laughs> it's not a broken version of that. But so but the lore aspect of this one is and, and tell me if I'm going too deep here. I'm going to give away a little bit of the lore section. But for how toss works by taking from the bottom. Right. Mm-hmm. To heal everything above, like all its allies. There is a point in the story where Maokai digs his roots as deep as possible to soak up like this healing, pure, magical water to then use to disperse and try to prevent the event that's going on, which I don't know if they went that deep when they made this card, but that's... I like to think that they did because the the flavor quote that's on the card, which I'm glad that that you went ahead and took the bullet for me because I was going to be like, oh, you know, this potentially... Spoil what we're about to go into, um, because the the flavor quote on it is a direct quote from Maokai, yep. and the quote is "These aisles will be cleansed." And it's so. What is the sap magic if it has the ability to cleanse the shadow aisles? Yeah, like, oh, like so. Th- from a lore perspective, the car is really nice. Yeah. Do you ever see this in a game? No. No. <laughs> it would be considered a cute card, so you're like a one of. Yeah, absolutely. But what isn't a one of is this let's, next card. Let's talk about a let's talk about a real card. Um so let's talk the, about a real card. Rude. Rude. All cards are beautiful in the eyes of the I, I'm, I'm done. Um, so the follower for this week is going to be the Blighted Caretaker. So this is a three mana 2-1, so mm-hmm. a little understated, but it has a play effect of kill an ally to summon two saplings. So very much a classic Shadow Isles effect of sacrificing your units for more value. Um, and these saplings that, it, that are summoned are 2-1 ephemeral units with challenger and this card is a banger like it's and there's 
so many different ways to really build around it to get value within Shadow Isles as far as just uh, either sacking your units like the um, uh, uh, like the one one that summons a four three upon death or just getting the kill triggers needed to level up Maokai or kill triggers needed to level up Callista. This also summons ephemeral units, so you can use this to play with Hecarim and to get a payout. And the units that it summons have Challenger, so that's interaction <laughs> with your opponent's board. Yeah, forced interaction. And since we... I'm not saying we're a little late to the Maokai party, but <laughs> now that we're in a post- a meta game where Black Spear got buffed. Yep. This is also going into your black, like into Black Spear, so you can use your spell mana. So if that's like your six mana play on turn three, that's a huge swing. Yeah, it's uh, this pretty much. If you beast. take if you if you swing if you if you take that line in the game and you're still losing, just quit. Because because yeah. at that point <laughs> you should have won. Like it's not. Yeah. It's not. Uh, this is way too much value for you to not come out ahead. And so if you exactly. didn't come out ahead, they got you. Like, that's just how card games work, man. Like, don't be just, mad. Just go next. I, don't be mad. Just go next. This man's making T-shirts. <laughs> All right. Hit us up if you want that cash was for Tara merch. <laughs> that merch. The picture is Cervantes on it. Don't be mad. Exactly. Go next. <laughs> so this takes us into our focus of the episode, Maokai himself. The the Trent with the heart of gold. Um, so Maokai is interesting because when he first came out, it was, you know, before the lore got established, it was kind of hard to know what he was. Is he a demon tree? Um, was he a spirit? Was he like one of the like when you, when you look at Lord of the Rings, right? Or any type of high fantasy, you see these living Trents, right? It's nothing new, but they kind of went a different route with it, right? It's something yeah. that fit fit their mold. So Maokai is a spirit. We've talked about spirits in other episodes. Um, you can go check out, uh, definitely go back and um, listen to the Callista episode uh, and the other Shadow Out episodes because it's going to help you understand a lot more in depth of what's going on here. But yeah, so he's Absolutely. a spirit who's born alongside one of the Blessed Isles. So there's multiple islands in the Blessed Isles. One of those islands brought about Maokai as a spirit. And this spirit decided to take the form of a tree. So, or a trend. So he's not a tree. He's just a spirit taking the form of one. And he uses his roots, you know, when he gets established to absorb what's this magical spring. And this allows him to create the saplings, not the saplings, you know, um, but saplings that are allowed to essentially skitter across the aisles to help uh, induce life, right? Introduce life among them. Uh, and this goes well for a long time. Yeah, and so this these are the saplings that would end up be, becoming the life that was the Blessed Isles. Yes. It's, they he Maokai was there from the very beginning. Yes. So then a long time passes, you know, centuries, and humans arrive, which is always a bad sign. <laughs> Men are dangerous. <laughs> it's that whole that meme you've seen before. Has Pocahontas uh, taught us nothing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the first round of humans 
they're all right. They're pretty chill. They're living in harmony with the environment. They're not destroying things to to establish their own life, right? They're building around the wildlife, uh, not tearing things down, which should be a good example for the current world we're living in. Uh, but we won't go there. <laughs> Dude, too soon. We're still in 2020. Too, too, too soon, soon for that joke. Too soon. And then centuries later, the Mad King arrives on shore. And he arrives in his efforts to bring back his wife, which go listen to our Callista episodes and our other Shadow Isles episodes to get the in-depth on that. Um, but this effort is what triggers the biggest event or one of the biggest events in Runeterra that changed everything in the Blessed Isles, the Runation. Um, that being said, so it starts to spread and the Runation takes place over a course of time, right? So as is spreading, Malkai kind of feels this because he's one with the Isles and he jumps into action. And the first thing he does is he takes his roots, like we mentioned before, gets them as deep as possible and soaks up as much as that healing, that pure magical healing water as possible. Um, but unfortunately, it starts to corrupt. So he has to pull back. And then that's when the mist comes in. And when the mist comes in, it starts to change and contort all the life around that, that it touches. Right. It's like a blight of sorts uh, that ruins everything. And he himself is caught up in this destructive power. But the twist here is because of all the water he soaked up, he has a heart just filled with pure magical water. And that begins to overcome the corruptness to a point and allows him to maintain his sanity. So in the other episodes, we talk about creatures that get caught in that mist that lose their, their sense of person. And when they lose that, they become vengeful spirits. Well, he's not forced to become vengeful. He just has it in his pure heart to get get everything back to the way it was. Um, and, and they do a good job of like kind of writing out like that. It's just a lot that he has to take in. Yeah. And it is like it, despite him being a spirit, it's very like human reaction that he yeah. has that it's easy to empathize with of just watching all this life get corrupted and essentially destroyed and how that could turn someone peaceful into not so peaceful exactly and that's yeah so that's what turns him into the raging trent of vengeance that we know as the character in, in the in the games and in the card game um because he's essentially just fighting against the corruption because he has a hope that if he you know holds on for as long as possible um he'll be able to get the get the the aisles back to where they once were, which could be something that we do see in the lifespan of League of Legends, right? The the comeback of the Shadow Isles, uh, who knows? Uh, but that then takes us to the card. So the card has a lot of effects um, related to what Trent, or what uh, Hetch mentioned with his spell and follower for this episode. Maokai starts off as a four-costed one-four. Uh, with each round, the first time you play another ally, toss two and summon a sapling. And to level up, your units have died, or, or sorry, your units have died, or your cards have been tossed 25 times. Uh, that flips him into an alternate win condition. <laughs> I'll let Hedge take yeah, over yeah, because this is where I start to say, get angry. I was about to say, yeah, no, if we're going to talk alternate win conditions, we all know this is where I, this is where I come in. Hello. Um, so, I am um, arrived. So at, at the flip, um, obviously, Maokai gets a plus one, plus one, um, but he also gets a regeneration. Mm -hmm. um, so that helps him stick, That's which is nice. But when I level up, obliterate the enemy deck leaving four non-champions all right 
So if if it hasn't come up in your games, because even now, like uh, Room Terra has kind of stuck more towards a traditional kind of gameplay style yeah. of you know board control, face damage, uh, unless you're swim. Which that <laughs> the last month he's been doing nothing but degeneracy. Um, <laughs> but that, that's a different that's a different story. Um, so if you haven't been in a game where both players are starting to draw to the bottom of their deck in Rune Terra, when if you're if your deck has no cards left in it and you go to draw, you die. Like there is no extended thing. We don't do the Hearthstone effect of taking increased damage after your de deck is depleted. Um, and you just die. The game is over if you have no cards left. So Maokai gets rid of all cards but four. So he it is basically, all right, four turns from now, that's game. All right? That's how <laughs> Maokai decks win. And oh boy... I, I know I was not alone when Maokai came out of just being super excited. Like, I'm building a mill deck, baby. Woo! <laughs> Let's go! I remember when you messaged me and I was so pissed. Because you <laughs> saw the release before I did. And we talked about first, he, Hetch knows me well. And he knows I don't like alternative win conditions. And he knows I hate mill. <laughs> it was it was it was a perfect storm to be like let's do it let's do it ryan <laughs> but yeah so yeah Malachi, it's, it's a cool card because once again it introduced this alternative win condition um we talked about it in the nautilus episode where these are a good combination of cards uh to to play off of each other and then it you know it has all the lore kind of wrapped into it like we mentioned and that swim line was hilarious. <laughs> it's so true. He's doing the most degen stuff. Like, I can't yeah. wait to get back to playing the game again because I'm just going to start playing some decks that he's been coming out with. Yeah, like, man, man, I I want Swim to hear this one day because it is just like, dude, I keep up with the degeneracy. I am yeah. so for it. I just <laughs> wish that I was smart enough to actually play the crap he's doing. Yeah. But I'm... I'm too much of an idiot. Like this is why none of my decks have ever exploded anywhere. It's because they suck. And then he's yeah. over here like like just playing eight D chess. <laughs> you heard it here first. At Casuals Runeterra, we stand degeneracy. <laughs> <laughs> so this takes us into obviously our hedge question of the day. Uh, um, which is pretty straightforward. This one's not bad. I I, I you know, I've I think I've grown to like you more. Over time is where I'm going. I'm going oh, more easy. wow. Thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> so if you were a creature spirit, like of the forest, what would you be? Oh, that's I, easy. This I know. I, I, that's why I've known you. I know you th thought about yeah. it, but I'll go first because the natural courtesy. Uh, mine has always been an elk. Like elk spirits are cool because like usually like, they have horns that light up and shit and they're massive and they just look majestic and then they're they do really cool magic shit and it's like every form of media has some elk spirit <laughs> in some form it's like an allegory of something so it's always something that stands out to me and i think they look really cool and i would be the uh beefy darkness elk spirit oh my god he oh! <laughs> <I> wasn't ready <laughs> <He wasn't> ready <laughs> So what do you got? What, what's, who no, are you? This is and if it's Cervantes, I'm going to shut this podcast off. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> now, would I have a mustache in this 
platform. Probably. <laughs> uh, but no, I I would be I would want to be a boar or like a wild hog. Okay. Um, because like it it kind of like fits like my personality or at least the yeah. way that I perceive myself of like like boars like they. A wild hog specifically is more like an invasive species. Yeah. So like if and like if you're down in the south or anything, like no one even questions like hog season. Like there is no morality <laughs> thing because they're also like they're they also can grow up to like almost a thousand pounds. Like yeah. they get huge. But it they're they're territorial on top of that. So even though they're uh, omnivores but closer to being a herbivore like they can yeah. be like kind of dangerous which i feel like if you know if someone were to just like barge into my room i'm not nearly <laughs> as nice of a person but uh, but then it's like no like you just treat edge with like a modicum of respect and you just let him eat he's happy <laughs> so I, I feel like i'd be the hog the graceful hog <laughs> and yes my whiskers would grow into a mustache <laughs> That would be, I'm the imagery on that is like I wish we had people doing fan art because that would be funny. Is the imagery of a giant, glorious spirit hog with a mustache? With the mustache, just like in, in a corner, just eating to his heart's content. <laughs> and with that, it brings us to an end here. And as always, thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with the next episode. Take care, everybody.